introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way, find a way. Hey, 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 it's Christoph Wrights of the Poet Life Podcast, and I am excited to have this gentleman on uh, the, the podcast on this episode. He goes by the stage name, Poppy Picasso. What's going on, sir? How are you? Peace, King. How are you doing today? Man, all is well, all is well. Uh, as long as you're healthy, you're wealthy. That's a fact. You know? Indeed, indeed. So that's how I, I I plan to take a look at it. You know what I mean? You go from health and then, hey, if you're healthy, then go get this wealth. You know what I'm saying? You know? So um, thank you, man. I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, man, if and, and I'll ask the same question um, I asked you off off air and we'll go from there. Right. So if you could teach a class just based off of your experience in the poetry industry, what would that class be about? Um, it would be about identity narratives. It would be about making sure that your art reflects your life and how to constructively use that conduit of poetry as a uh, a funnel to just uh, exp- not just express yourself, but to analyze yourself and almost be critical. Let it be therapeutic. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So how do you do that for yourself? How, how does that look? What does that look like to you? Well, my poetry revolves around experiences and lessons. So even no matter what topic I decided to write about, for instance, at the, at the height of the, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, and we started quarantining, I started a uh, a challenge to write a different poem every day. So I wrote a different poem for 94 days, right? Wow. And even when I wrote, no matter if I was writing about smiles, whether I was writing about gardens, whether I was writing about midnight, they all took on the arc of my experiences, the lessons I learned from those experiences, and in return, I was able to provide the world a little bit of wisdom that I extracted from what I've gone through. Wow. 94 days. That's discipline, man. That was it was I had to, I was going to keep going to get to the 100. But if you get to 94, you know, you can get to 100. It was <laughs> right. Right. I, like I, I, I let myself down in any way. Sure. Sure. Was a lot of the writing. Just you kind of spewing out feelings and emotions and things of that nature, or was it strategic? Was it what? What, what was that? Um, I think every topic incited a different level of creativity. So, depending, like, I did a lot of parsing through a relationship that I was getting out of and understanding that. So, like, for instance, there was a a, a topic regarding the rain. And in that, I said, the rain is our opera. Your rain was my apocalypse. You want to speak on the rainbow as as if this torrential downpour was never a part of us. So that's just a brief insight into, like, what that relationship meant, how um, 
uh, active it was. It was beautiful sunny days and then hurricanes on other days, you know. Mm-hmm. Or there could have been a different one in which I was talking about, um, what was it, smiles. And I wrote about my late sister and how vibrant her smile was. Mm. And I just recapped one day when she called me and I drove down to Virginia from Baltimore just to spend time with her and my niece and how big her smile was and how it welcomed me. That's something that always stood out to me for years. So it's different situations like that, that you just, you know, poetry is like a vehicle. It could take Mm take you anywhere you just got to know where your destination is okay so from there right you said poetry is like a vehicle right but i would imagine that not those 94 days was like oil changes putting gas into to your your vehicle you know giving it giving it a car wash tuning it up right so so it's in would you say it's it's super important to hone in on your craft, um, honor it, take care of it? Because if you don't, you'll lose it. Um, that's almost getting. Now we're starting to get to like the uh, concept of writer's block. Mm. And how you know, like with anything, if you don't exercise it, it gets stale. Now. I think writing, specifically poetry, is a different kind of animal because poetry is often birthed from hardship. So I'll give you an example. like Committing myself to writing a different poem every day for 94 days was an exercise of creativity. Mm-hmm. However, by the end of the time, I was writing a poem within like, 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And the sad part is I, I didn't love all of them, but yeah. I could have a poem fall out of me in five minutes. But like in the beginning, it might have took two hours or whatever. So what I'm saying is it's the poets, it's the poems that fall out of you that always seem to make the deepest impact. You know, they may not be the uh crowd uh favorites mm-hmm. but that's not what we write them for mm. that's not what i write them for you know i think in reflection and as my legacy starts to build a lot longer i have big books over there that go back to 1998 and when my lineage my grandchildren my great-grandchildren want to understand who I was and what I started, how I changed the direction of our family. They'll be able to read about it in there on poems that fell out. Wait, you said you have big books like poetry books that you've written? Yes. Wow. We have volumes from when I was in the Air Force, that you could see the day. You could see my, uh, not just my name, but my squadron, and you'll see my uh, rank, senior airman. Wow. This one is, what? what is this one? December 20th, 2002. You feel me? Like, we on that energy, and then back when I used to 
play around on the graffiti side of things, you know, just real live indications. Like, look at this one. This one, A1C, that was an E3 back in 10, 18, 1999. So this is long before the advent of social media, long before stages and any level of recognition. I've been doing this for so long. It is my diary. So, and I asked, I think I asked this every episode, where does poetry or where did poetry come in for you? Poetry definitely came in through hip hop. Hmm. I didn't start understanding um, the more uh, uh, traditional poets until later on when I was like 19, 20, and I was dating a young lady at Hampton University. Mm. And she started educating me on the Harlem Renaissance and Langston Hughes, and you know, you got your, uh, your not say your stereotypical ones, but the ones everybody knows. And then I started going to open mics there. But regardless of what, I was writing from 15 years on, because at 15, I got introduced to Capone and Noriega. Mm. I heard Teal and Why, that just hit something different. But even before that, the very first song I remember performing as a child was a children's story by Slick Rick. Like, growing up in the Bronx and in the corner, as you can see, I did graffiti or break dancing, and then somebody would be emceeing and freestyling. Are you just doing it on the bus with your boys? Like, that's all poetry. It's all, even the action is poetry. Poetry to me isn't limited to, 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 to lyrics on a paper, to the uh, deliverance on the stage. To me, poetry is li literally the, um, like the walk that you have when you come from a different neighborhood. Hmm. The accent, the game you put forth when you're speaking to your girl for the first time. That, that game that the pimp got. All of that is poetry. Hmm. I'm not saying it's good poetry or it's <laughs> safe. That's not that's not my determination to make. But right. it's all poetry. You know, poetry yeah. is it's that it's the way that one teacher knows how to invoke the feelings from your mother in class. You ever had one of those? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, Ms. Andre had a group of fourth graders sitting up straight. You know, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Right. That poetry. That was that was her way of uh, expression, and I think that's all poetry is. It's just a means of expression to uh, either get you to relate or get, to get the audience to relate to you on your terms. So when I when I hear artists who come from hip hop. I always want to ask why poetry and not hip hop when hip hop is the most popular, right? And the most cool and poetry is a lot of times not cool and not popular. Well, I'll debate the cool factor. I think mm -hmm. the popularity is that's incomparable. Like that's you can't even compare it to. Like hip hop is 
the trillion dollar juggernaut industry, right? Mm -hmm. Why not? Well, Mario can't rap on beat for anything. So that <laughs> good to go. I tried my best. Just not that guy. <laughs> Too eager. I wanna I I I'll I'll just destroy where I'm supposed to land. Right. And I've always been too fast, if that makes sense. I've always mm -hmm. been so eager that I'd stutter. I've always been so eager that you didn't understand what I said. Mm. It wasn't until I started performing poetry that I understood how to take uh, uh, my time and use the emphasis when expressing myself. The pauses. So, and Those dramatic pauses, you know, one of my mentors said, if you think you're going too slow, go slower. Wow. And so when I think about uh, why don't I rap versus poetry, I think there's a different connection with poetry also. Mm. Like when you're a true orator, you master the crowd. You are an MC. Mm. Ask step ceremonies, right? Right. So when, I, when I do poetry versus hip hop and I have the crowd laughing mm -hmm. in my reflection of fatherhood, or I have them crying and really getting into their, uh, like tugging at those heartstrings, it's because they could hear the sincerity in my voice. Mm. Whereas a lot of times my my partners and my peers in hip hop, they're they're focused more on the rhythm and the cadence. I care more about the substance and the depth. Hmm. Would you ever do slam poetry, or did you ever do slam poetry? I tried it. At Wasn't for forty you. years old. It ain't me. You know what I mean? Like, and I wouldn't even say it's a age thing. I just say like. You know, if I wanted to go up and battle people, I want to battle you and talk about you and get at you. But that's not why I got into poetry. I got into poetry to offer up wisdoms and lessons and be a beacon of light regarding black and brown fatherhood, black and brown manhood. Mm. So I feel like once you've proven yourself in life, like and th there was a life long before I became a uh, a poet with any notoriety. So mm. I proved myself in high school when I thought I was in the streets. Mm. I proved myself in the Air Force when they didn't think uh, somebody of my demographic was able to become a IT professional. Mm. At the advent of technology, pretty much. I've proven myself when I got out the Air Force that I didn't need to rely on that institution and started my own company in 2007, which is still going strong today. I proved myself time and time again. So to go on the stage and have people judge the value of my words and my experiences mm. at this juncture feels like it's beneath me. If you want to like it, cool. If not, yo, that's another, there's another lane. You ain't got to listen to mine. Right. Yeah. I think that's the best part about poetry, though, man. Like, poetry has 
many paths, right? It's it's a lane that has many paths that you can choose to be on, you know, and I think it's inauthentic to choose a path because it's the more popular path or, um, yeah, just it's more popular, but it's not you, yeah. you know, and, and I, don't, I don't like playing games within. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Poetry has poetry is boundless. Poetry is you find certain poets that got better bars, better cadences than mm. hip hop. Like I was looking at your screen right behind you right now, 13 of Nazareth. 13. I remember hearing 13 back in bro, like 99, 2000, in the Hampton Roads area with this itsy bitsy spider palm he had, and it blew my mind. And I and I when I, the minute I heard him. As a child of hip hop, I heard those elements in there. I heard them applying it. So I don't make that like you got to remember. Like poetry isn't; it's on Psy High's album. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's on Ti's album. You know, Ernestine Johnson out there represented for us as well, along with many other people. So when you start thinking about the uh, level of Everybody wants to be a rapper until they're doing something that requires a level of depth, i.e. Nobody invites the rapper to perform at a funeral, at a wedding, at at, at different venues that require you to sit down and truly pay attention. It's a level of sophistication, honestly, as well. Yeah, and think about the words being yeah. spit. Yeah. Hip hop is the street all day. And I'm not saying hip hop doesn't have a level of sophistication. It does. Sure. Right. However, poetry is the same way, but poetry, like, I like bringing sophisticated poetry to the streets. Mm. Like, when yeah. I go to my block, gangsters, they won't dap me up until I give them a poem because. I am church for them. The words in the church are just gossip. The words that I preach are gospel to them. Hmm. So I give it to them there where I meet them. And then I'll go and perform at a breast cancer awareness event at the gathering spot. Right. I can do somebody's inauguration. And then I'll go to Auburn Research Library. There's no stage where I'm not welcome that as a po- as a poet. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very important that diversity in one's uh portfolio. Very much so. Yeah, and I think a lot of times I think a lot of times sometimes I'll say sometimes sometimes in in slam poetry, you'll get uh, um, you'll get poets that will choose the topic that is most trendy at the time, or or most popular at the time, to where we we know it'll get the votes, it'll get the claps, it'll get the ooze, you know, 
Um, but the only thing about that is, is a question that that's being asked when you're outside of the slam realm, can you produce that diversity or sometimes do you get stuck into that? Uh, I'm just, I'm speaking on one topic over and over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you said, breast cancer. I would never want to be dubbed a competitive poet. Mm. You know, some people like, I, I, I see poets with malicious intent often. You know, I'll, I don't got to address them. They know who they are. But when you speak, as a man, you should never be telling women what their roles are and offering up a level of advice that you can't take yourself. So I see a lot of opportunists out there. So I got this. I'm 6'5", light-skinned Puerto Rican dude in the middle of Southeast America. <laughs> Everybody think I'm going to go up there and say these poems trying to woo women and, you know, leverage the uh, aesthetic to my advantage when that's never going to be me. The only time I ever say a love poem is when I'm talking to somebody I love. The only time what I would rather do is feel the pulse of the crowd and say a poem that I feel would resonate with them and the current situation we find ourselves in. I yeah. even Aubrey died. I wrote a poem called Run Black Boy. And that's one of those poems that fell out. And it was important for me to address that as a father to a black son. Hmm. So if I perform that poem, it's because I want I, I want people to understand the level of um, social engagement that should be constantly going on. There's never a day off on that part. Hmm. And then if I decide to do a erotic poem after that, that's that's just me giving you candy. That's just a dessert. That ain't the main cost, though. What make what makes you stand out from other from other poets, or just what makes you just you know unique? I think my take on on my my ability to be transparent without being weak, and I'm sure mm. a lot of poems could, a lot of poets could attest to that. But I don't hold back when I when I give my story. I wear my heart on my sleeve, mm. but I don't give you my shirt. I still maintain my privacy on my own terms. Hmm. So my take on fatherhood is forefront at the foremost part of what my poetry discusses. My takes on manhood and the redefinition of manhood are at the forefront. My discussion and my sharing about being going through depression uh, and what my mental health did to me at a point in my life and how I took control of the narrative and understood what accountability was those kind of things you know i'm sure every poet has a little bit in there but that's my brand that's what i project that's what i promote and honestly that's just what i live so it is it's not like it's one thing but not the other i'm not a public success and a private failure i'm a success both privately and publicly yeah and understanding branding that that often right is important in just 
business in general, you know, whether I whether it's from my bachelor's to my master's uh, in nonprofit association management and MBA, like you have to understand the business behind the things. You have to have strategic partnerships. You know, mm. a lot of times um, I think poets limit themselves uh, because they only know how to get a little bag for hosting. Right. You know, doing hand-to-hand sales. And I'm sure you can make money off of that. Cool. But are you doing bulk orders? Have you created a brand that is recognizable by the eye? What's your mission statement? Mm. Okay. And when you start understanding your mission statement, what are your fundamental values? When you apply for grants, will the city of Dover, Colorado, want to uh, uh, invest in you based upon what your brand looks like? Or do you just have an IG in which you share your poetry? It's a very big difference. Do you have the infrastructure set up? Do you understand what dropship is versus fulfilling your own? Are you an Amazon author or are you an independent author and you're controlling the entire uh, product line? Do you understand what's your return on your investment? You got to understand all of these things in order to successfully promote exactly who and what you are but you know at the base of that i think the poet needs to ask themselves am i simply in the poetry community or am i also a part of the poetry industry right because in the in the in the community cool write the poems that you love you know, and 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 you know the feel good and and get the snaps, Please, all, of, all of that. Yeah, and that's cool. That's that's totally cool if that's what you choose to do. But at the same time, don't get mad and sad when you're not getting booked. And you know, right? And it's it's it, you 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 have to determine what your direction is. What what your what what path you're going to be on? So if you're interested in being booked and and performing and getting paid for it, then you have to intentionally step into the poetry industry. And so within the industry, there are deals and transactions. And but before that, there's the foundation that you have to lay. There are the like you said. Uh, the, the the branding and uh, the continuity within your um, presentation, right? If you if you're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, your name is all the same across the board. You you have a website because the company says, "Oh, can we look you up?" Oh, you should be able to say, "Oh, you can go to my my website and not just go follow me on Instagram." You have to become the business. You have to become a business. When you said with intention, I, I want people to understand that every I learned this in the Air Force. When mm. I enlisted, my sister made sure I went in with a signed contract on the career field of choice. Nice. My uh my recruiter was like, nah, just go in. You don't want to waste on time. Just go in open general. We'll figure it out. No, you have to go in with a purpose or else your purpose will find you Hmm. by accident. 
meaning a lot of people went in and ended up washing toilets and folding laundry, flipping burgers. They didn't do anything that, uh, uh, they didn't find a career that furthered the advancement of their education that possibly they thought it would. And also when you get out, it doesn't translate. Translate. So that being said, when I started sharing my poetry, when I got to Atlanta five years ago, I intentionally and purposefully understood that I didn't want to be a regular open mic poet. I did that to earn my stripes, to understand crowd uh, interaction, to um, let people just know like, yo, I'm here and I'm not, I'm not a game. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. Like I'm not just cause I'm boxing at this level. Don't mean I wasn't golden glove. It don't mean that I ain't have fights in the basketball court. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. when I came in with that level of purpose and I started the branding with the Poppy Picasso, Picasso logo and somebody gave me that name and I was like, oh, that is a good representation. How can I make this look sophisticated and bring a modern twist, an urban twist to it? I knew long term that this piece of art right here and these artworks that litter my book were going to be high-end art because I wanted to make sure I delivered a product of a higher caliber, Mm. you know? And again, purpose and intention rule the, rule the world, rule the world. You're in chess. You got to understand strategy. And then also as poets, we are, I don't care if you in hip hop, R&B or, the poetry community, we own this culture. Mm. This culture moves every brand forward it interfaces with. So when the um, the myositis center at John Hopkins, when I was when they were doing fundraising and they were getting meager turnouts, and I partnered with them because that's the disease my sister passed away from. And then mm. we did $100,000 in a quarter. That's because we control that narrative. Our culture moves everything forward and makes it cool now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do Coca-Cola at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. These are, these are partnerships that somebody wouldn't necessarily assume from a poet. And I want to make sure that I am the infection of a much, I infect a larger host than just, mm. I want to make sure everybody knows when you see that New York Diddy Bop or on stage, mm-hmm. you do yourself a disservice trying to project the stereotype onto me. Cause the minute I open up my mouth and articulate exactly what's going on, in this world or in your industry mm. I want you to understand like this is what a true orator does that's good that's good you said somebody gave you your name yeah 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 how did that come I, about i was bald when i moved to atlanta is that my head's like down the head you know what i'm saying and um you were a voluntary bald yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you remember when everybody was doing the ice bucket challenge? Yeah. 
So I said, if we raise $5,000 for my sister's endowment, I'll let, I'll go bold and let them do it. And we raised, I want to say like 25, 30,000. So wow. I was like, hey. so they, we did it and I did it and I kept it. I was like, yo, I looked, I was like, I had a little, and I, I was in the gym a little bit. I felt like a diesel Puerto Rican, Mr. Clean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm riding. And right. then I got out here and I was like, I started fasting. So the only thing I allowed myself to do in Atlanta, because I know Atlanta will swallow you if you allow it. I used to come out here and party when I was younger. I was like, nah, I can't mess up this opportunity of working remotely and still getting that DC money in Atlanta. Right. So I gave right. a smoke with my cigars. I gave DC a money living in Atlanta. You're you're wealthy out there. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I, I'm, I'm, life is good. So that being said, um, I, I was I was like, you know what? In order to track my 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 fasting, I'm going to grow. I'm not gonna shave. No haircuts. Not shave. So I was. And you know, you're going through that ugly stage. It's right. horrible. Like my hair is like it's unmanageable. Right. I got like patches because my, my, my joint don't connect like yours. So I got like these <laughs> whiskers and whatnot. Right. I was looking bad in these streets. <laughs> and my homegirl, I'm on the phone with her one time and she's like, yo, what are you doing? I was like, what you talking about? Like, I'm poppy, I'm Popeye Smooth out here. <laughs> yo, Popeye Smooth, you bummy. You look like a poppy Picasso. You look like an abstract Puerto Rican. I was like, <laughs> I said, you said that to the wrong one. Because yeah. why did he make that fly? And she was like, yeah, let me see. And every time I speak to her now, she be like, I ain't going to lie. You you made that a thing. Yeah, yeah. It was funny, yo. It was mad funny, too, because my first got to Atlanta, I remember the first time I wrote my name on a piece of paper and was like, that's my stage name. Coming to the stage, pop. What are we serious? Is this what we? <laughs> what are we doing? Coming to the stage, Poppy Picasso. Evidently, guys, right? Give it up for that. So I came up, and again, you know, they don't know about New Eurekan culture in the mm-hmm. South. They don't know that I'm very comfortable in my skin, and I understand all dimensions of my culture. And then I give it to them. I give them the bars. And they were mm. like, oh, okay, Papa Picasso evidently came to make a name. So now it's so funny because now it's, oh, guess who's coming to this stage? Got grown men like, yo, I don't even, I don't call nobody else this, but coming to the stage, my man Poppy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, dudes don't want to call you Poppy. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So do you tie in the art as well? So you're an artist as well. Uh, I used to do art. Um, I actually, I, I tied it in recently. I got I did this uh, poem called Blank Page and it's in my my book, A Son With No Father is a Book With No Author. And in it, I uh, do one of those um, hyper, what's it called? Hyper, when, what, hyperbole? No. No, no. When the when the, when the film is going down real fast, when you're filming something real fast, uh, I'm not sure. I'm time not lapse. sure. I said hyper time lapse. So I did a time, okay, time video lapse of me drawing a portrait of my son, and it's 
And you, so you see the portrait alongside a montage of video and film of him when he was an actual baby. Mm-hmm. And he's 13 years old now. So wow. it was dope to be able to flex a muscle I haven't used in so many years. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't do this artwork. Charlie Palmer did this artwork. Charlie Palmer has Time Magazine cover after uh, George Floyd died. Charlie Palmer has Rolling Stone covers and features. Charlie Palmer is a high-end artist. And what I paid for that, so what it's valued at is in that pay. If, if, if that was the end of what I did for the book, I'm already a success before mm. I sold the books. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's on, and it's based on relationships. I decided I wanted to be in the industry and by the industry i didn't limit it to the poetry industry the hip-hop industry the art community the art industry i want to be in every industry and your energy your flavor could take you all to those places Mm -hmm. we start talking about that energy and that flavor that's a true poet yeah we i just posted uh, a clip of one of our episodes with um Dr. Alakir Rogers, he's a he's an artist, but he's also an intellectual. And the title of that episode was Disrupting Industries with Poetry. And that's mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, going into those different industries and showing them that poetry can fit the bill. It can, it can, it can uh I can poetry. teach you how to do what you do through poetry. I'm about to, I'll even argue that poetry doesn't fit anywhere. Hmm. Everything fits within poetry. Nice. Nice. Like, yeah. that's how I see it. Like, that's nice. Us trying to prove, like, one of the Man, best I've ever gotten would be a thermostat, not a thermometer. That's heavy. As a poet, everywhere you go, you better change the temperature of that room. When I walk in, all the young boys are gonna start sitting up. They're gonna fix their chest and their back. They're gonna they're gonna try to carry themselves different because everybody's gonna see the temperature change when you walk in that room. When I walk in that room, you know what I'm saying? Like there's there, there's a there's a term for it now, but I'll I'll leave it to your imagination. Hmm. About energy. Yeah, yeah. Big energy nowadays. Poets by virtue walk around with that energy because we know the minute we're approached or confronted with anything that requires a response, you're gonna our response is gonna cut harder, sharper, and deeper than anybody else's. Man, man, that perspective there takes poetry to a whole new level when everything else fits into poetry's world that's that's like that's like understanding what's the shared element in everything that you have around what you talking about what what's 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 this mac made out of what's this desk made out of what's my body made out of like there's certain elements that are found in everything and poetry is one of those situations that's found in everything you just got to fix your mind to observe and then digest the poetry within it. Hmm. It's so funny you said that because 
that's where I got the name of this brand here because mm. poetry is life. Life is poetry. You know, when I thought of the name initially, initially I woke up with it. I don't know if it was a dream or not. And I was, I told my wife, uh, cause I was trying to figure out the name of this, whatever, whatever this thing is. And, uh, I said, life poet. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, life poet. Like, cause that means, you know, everybody in life, like, even if you're a doctor, the, the way he, he or she does what they do, that's poetry. And so I can actually market to everybody. Like, you know, you know, I was like getting a, a, a huge picture of it. And then, then she was like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but then I don't know if it was hours later, the day later that I was like, what am I talking about, man? Poet life. Poet life. Yeah. Like I love, I love it when people say things like, oh, I usually don't listen to poetry, but I, I like yours. You know what that tells me? Yeah. They love poetry. They just, they just they've been uh, waiting. They've been, they've been wait. They're they've been waiting to hear one to hear authenticity and not poetry. When I say that the like they confuse like the spoken word um, construct, i.e., Love Jones and the those stereotypical. Words, yes, with yes. the culture, the culture of poetry is. Bro, the culture of poetry is being there for my mentor when he lost his son. And you know what he did? He asked you. No, he he's like, yo, my son died today. My firstborn. I'm going to perform. You understand the... That's this is how, him saying that. That's how, yes. That's how he had to cry. He had to cry through his performance. He had to bear himself to the people that have endeared him for so long. And in response, like we were talking about earlier, we think mm -hmm. I'm going to do a love poem about, or something frivolous. Right. No, I spoke about, I shared a poem about priorities when my son was in the hospital hooked up to those machines and it was beeping. I didn't know if he was going, what was going to happen. You know what I mean? So that's poetry. That that spoken word stuff, that stereotypical uh, perception of what you think we do. Nah, there's nothing like one. I hate COVID because it's one thing to hear me on the screen. Mm -hmm. And as much as I appreciate what you and people like you, like you and your platforms are, Doing, mm. keeping the uh, yeah. culture alive. There's nothing like being face. Right. Have you ever seen Red Storm perform live? I have not, dude. Let me explain something. When Red Storm looks at you, when he's on stage, he's already started. You feel like nobody else is there, and you're in jail, and this guy's looking at you, and you're gonna have to defend yourself. <laughs> It's that energy. And I love him for that. When Georgia performs, 
Georgia Me, you know, the Oracle, she takes you to a time long past. You feel like you understand what Big Mama would have been saying and how she would have been handling you better. better. Mm. She performs. It feels like you're lost in a really good book. Hmm. When Abyss performs, you find yourself rocking back and forth like, yo, this is, this is my joint. Hmm. When Dichotomy performs, you understand the logic of how a man works, of how he understands whether it be uh, 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 lovemaking or professionalism. He breaks it down very scientific. I'm Puerto Rican. By, na- by nature, I'm an emotional person. Hmm. You get a lot of raw emotion from me. But I don't I won't leave it there. So you again, every poet has their own magic source, their own secret source. Yeah. That's that conflicts with the stereotypical uh understanding of what poetry is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your background, right? Uh folks you usually hang around um or or hang around you. Uh, or, or you you grew up with, and what's their take on you in your poetry? Um, nobody saw this coming. Beyond <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody was like, you know, I was always known for something, and it wasn't this. Yeah, and God bless. I spoke to my man Shaw Money today. I'm on the phone with Sha. I ain't speak to son in maybe a couple years. And he's just like, yo, I miss you. And nobody's more deserving of it than you are. You've always been a beautiful soul, like a sincere person. And growing up, for me, being the type of person I was and coming from the family I came from, it was a very aggressive environment. And every now and then I got pulled into that. But for the most part, they try to protect me. So, yo, we got beef with Valley and Five. We about to go handle it. Now, Mario, just fall back and play ball. We holler at you when we get back. Mm. They want me in it. So now when I come home, and whether it be the restaurant that we open in City Island Mm. or a performance at New Eureka Cafe, the people that come out for me is different. Like when I'm in New Eureka Cafe, there's no seats left because I came in with 30 people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's different. And people yeah. could attest to it. Like you, this is all documented. Like, and then also I'll go to like Bowery Poetry mm-hmm. or, you know, different places. And it'd be funny because I've seen it happen in different states. Where like my team will walk in, and they they look like they fresh off biggie uh, a biggie video shoot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they still in the nineties gear with the eight right. and they tell right. my you know, big brothers handle their business, hold they square, and everybody get nervous, and they think that this is about to be a stick up. And I'm like, nah, don't worry, they with me. Yo. We 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 spitting. You know, we from the Bronx, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. That's funny, man. Um, where where are you going with this, man? Where where are you going with your poetry? And and I can tell you can you can tell where you're going with it. My goal as a poet 
is to give the inaugural poem when AOC gets elected president. Nice. That's a goal right there. It's my goal. In the interim, it's going to be to, it's never about capitalizing on these books because right now my son's book is out. Nice. My daughter. I got one coming about uh, loss and grief. I got one coming about co-parenting. And it's always going to be littered with poetry. The formatting, I think I, I hit gold with the formatting. And also in the uh, workshops and just submission and taking my uh, charge as a part of the talented attempt seriously and being socially active. That brings me more joy than anything. So as a poet, what I want to do is ingest poetry into every dimension of society and make sure we control our narrative. Right. Like I'm never going to let somebody project any more stereotypes upon anybody that comes behind me. I'm going to shatter all your stereotypes and I'm going to make you reevaluate yourself. So the Poppy Picasso brand will be synonymous with responsible manhood, fatherhood, and sophistication in general. And when we get to that uh, inaugural address mm. and I throw up the X, <laughs> and then I articulate the struggle. It's going to be a whole nother, it's going to resonate differently because I manifested that. Right. All successes are just going to fall underneath a, a larger umbrella. The same way everything fits within poetry. Mm. Eventually, you're going to feel like everything fits. I don't fit anywhere. Now everywhere fits with me. Right. Right. You have two kids, boy and a girl? Boy and a girl and a niece, yeah. 13. Boy, the boy is 13 and... Baby girl, 11. 11. And so you have a book. What's the name of your book? A Son With No Father is a Book With No Author. That's a strong title. Where'd that come from? Um, I wrote a bar. I was in Baltimore. My man, Six, it was my barber. I watched him give mentorship to four kids on a Friday before I got to my haircut. Hmm. And when we when I sat down, I was like, yo, I like the energy. I like what you're putting out. And he's like, yeah, you know, um, I feel like, you know, these kids don't have fathers, so they, they need a man to look up to. So when I went home that night, I was writing a piece, and I said, a son with no father is a book with no author, a main character that's developed by his peers and his barber. And I left it alone. And it wouldn't let me sleep, bro. The same way poet life was knocking at your door and your conscience. That 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 bar was like, we're bigger than this. Mm. Come on, come on, wake up. Right. Write the poem. So I woke up and I wrote the poem, a son with no father's a book with no author. Mm. People been telling me for years, yo, you got to put out a poetry book. And I'm like, ah, I'm a poet and I don't read poetry books. Like, I'm not going to do something that I don't think is going to be successful. Ooh. That's not marketable. Something that's not 
like I showed you, I, I can I can give y'all a million poems. I got a hundred thousand bars, but what value is it going to have if it stands alone? So mm. I said, you know what? I'm going to take this book. I'm going to take this concept and freak it. Instead of the book, like, you know, someone would assume that the whole book is about the story of a dude that was raised without his father. Mm. It's the exact opposite. It's the story of a father that's present for his son. And you'll understand by the end of the book, the value of a man's presence in his son's and his mm. child's life and how important that is in filling out the table of contents, the preface. After you've received your father's guidance and wisdom and love and protection, you'll understand that in the absence of a father, you could write your own story. That story may still be a masterpiece, but it's a book with no author. Hmm. Man. It's almost like the Immaculate Conception. That boy is God. That boy is Jesus. Right. But he didn't have a father. He didn't have a, a, a man who would impregnate her. So you have to look at that kid as godly for being able to birth himself. Heavy. And the title of your son's book. Oh, my daughter's book. That's my son's book. My daughter's book is going to be called Hurricane Her. How my daughter destroyed my uh, misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what? I have three daughters. Uh, you're going to live great. You're going to have a great life. Gonna take I keep hearing that. I'm, I'm going to be taken care of very well. Yeah. My yeah. son took me down a flight of stairs at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Opportunity, yes. It's, it's over. It's over for you. It's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> More dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it, bro. Um, 2020 going into 2021. Um, and for those who are listening, uh, yes, we did record this. Um, this yeah, is so yeah. This is two days before. 2021. Like so it's like 25 hours, right? 25 hours, literally before 2021, man. How has 2020 been for you? 2020. Let me know I needed to be more nimble. In the way that I approach things. Yeah, I you 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 know you ha you hear a lot of people talk about don't put all things on Instagram because if Instagram stops, where's all your content? Where's all all the stuff you're doing? Creating my own platform was a great thing. Creating my own product was a great thing. But I took for granted that I would be able to be in person to deliver my brand. I needed to understand how to be nimble, and honestly, just. Cherish what you have while you have it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I give people if I if I even feel comfortable enough to give you a hug today, mm -hmm. it resonates so much differently than it did a year ago. 
Man, can you? Wow, you just said something crazy, man. Value. Understand what the value of human touch is. Like just a simple hug to see one of my boys and give them the mm, my G, or to see a homegirl and give her a hug, or to see my old lady and the holder. Like we take that for granted. I just thought about that. You just put something in my head. We literally have not been hugging people and dapping people up since March. Word. We don't listen a lot. What up, sir? El straight elbows and wow. I, I head not thought of, what up? <laughs> like get a, stay away from me though. Like, you know, even home. even your parent, like I have I just thought about it. I have not hugged my mom. And and she's in the area. Been over how she's been over here, but just like out of this whole six feet distance. This is crazy. The the, uh, the intimacy of it all is lost. And wow. not for nothing, like with 2020, as, as the lessons that 2020 has given me is immaculate. Understanding that I'm capable of uh, forgiveness. I'm more powerful than I thought. Um, the value, like, dude, went out to dinner the other day with my old lady, and I got stopped several times, like, yo, don't you perform, aren't you, da-da-da, that's like, they miss us. Mm. So recognizing that, you know, those, uh, those Sunday nights at Apache were not in vain. Those that that performance that I did for oral fixation, in which I dressed up like Miami Vice, and the crowd laughed. A young lady stops me uh, on Monday and says, "I lost my sister that week, and I couldn't muster up a smile. And I laughed. You made me smile and laugh when I saw you. Thank you for reminding me I was able to do that." Mm. All of those experiences are, we were, we've been robbed of this year. Think about all the amazing experiences that were waiting at your footsteps. We weren't able to get them in the way that we thought we were. But you doing your podcast, Public Life, you mm-hmm. were able to bring me and you together, have an outstanding dialogue man-to-man, even mm-hmm. though I had to shake your hand, you're my brother now. Indeed. The same way I wanted to lean in on service and start Poetry to the People, a mm. poetry workshop for children in April, since I know parents were overwhelmed by having their children there full time. I was used to it already because right. I've, been, I've been working from home for years. Let me get your kid for three, four hours a week. I'll teach them how to write poetry. I'll give them a, a, a open mic session so they could feel what the energy would have been like if we were in person. And we mm. did that for like, what, 15 weeks, 12 weeks? Then we did the sun workshop outside, facilitating healthy communication between fathers and sons and watching a father write a love poem to his son. Talking about sex, talking about race and how you interact with police officers, talking about how fleeting youth is and why you have to enjoy it and get off of these. Yeah. 
all of this came because of the need for ingenuity and because I couldn't rely on what I did regularly. So I learned how to be nimble in 2020 and still be of service and still deliver just in the safest manner possible. Right. Right. Have you figured out how to mirror how you were moving in the physical now in the digital? Like, yeah. What I've done though is I focused on my uh, quality of my content. Mm. So now, and, and then when I put those out, they get very good reception for people that are already f- familiar. So now, whenever this does ease up and I'm able to market myself in the way that I feel is best as a performing artist, and people go back to do their homework, they're going to see a, a different level of professionalism on my platforms than they would from just you know yeah somebody that takes this more as a hobby mhm you know mm-hmm. and, and it's funny because although I have a 9 to 5 some people may assume that this is my hobby but they fail to realize that labors of love yield the best results yes so when you do what you love you never have to work another day and that's why I'm leaning so hard into this realm of poetry, right? Fine art of high end dialogue of the essence. Yeah, it's so it's it's interesting. You just say that you said that. I, I look at it as um, I have a nine to five as well, right? Uh, but the way I work, most people think. This is my nine to five. They think poet life is my nine to five. And and this is what I do. And it's strategic. It's strategic. You know, if if, if someone asks, asks me what I do, I don't I don't speak about my nine to five because my nine to five is my bill payer. It's it's yeah, my seed money. It's my biggest investor on 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 a bi-monthly basis. Mm -hmm. Right. It, the way you said that, I, it, it can't be further from the truth. That was yeah. spot on. Yeah. What I do in technology has allowed me to fund this vision. Right. When people see these custom shirts and these suits with the buttons with mm-hmm. my logo and the inside with the velvet shoes with the logo and the hardcover books with the uh, workbook that's been vetted by different levels of uh, 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 clinical diagnostics, like it wasn't cheap. (laughs) Right. This book was not cheap, right? Doing the score was not cheap. Understanding promotion and marketing is not cheap. Investment. Opening the restaurant was not cheap. Nothing is, but I know I got a cash cow that I'm gonna extract as long as I can. Mm. Until now, the money coming in from the labors of love are either on par or outweigh the other bread. Mm-hmm. 
and then you just keep the other bread around just because it's not if it's not an inconvenience. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember who said this. I think it was Dr. Miles Monroe. He said, "Your your your job. Well, your nine to five is your job. Your purpose, your your passion is your work. Mm. There's a difference. You work at a job, but that's that's your job. But what this here, this this is my work, right? This is my life's work." Right. This is what I'll be known for. I'm not going to be known for being a business analyst. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being a Linux engineer. It's not going to happen. (laughs) The admiration and pride I see in my children's eyes when we're out at the grocery store and somebody says, yo, Picasso, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's dope. Mm -hmm. Something, Something simple. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. huge. That uh, that America's Got Talent project. Yeah, yeah. My five-year-old. That's that's my daughter. The 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 baby girl that was that did the little poem. So, you know what I mean. So, in your work, you're creating legacy, and and as you said, your son's book, your daughter's book. That's what this work does. Let me let, let's take a step back to give the brother Brandon his flowers. Man, talk about it, man. So I lost my sister back in 2006. Oh, I know that. Ooh. And I wrote a lot of poetry, like a lot. More poetry about that than anything else in my life. And I shared a poem one time in public specifically about her and I couldn't do it again. I was like, nah, I'm, I don't want to exploit it. Mm. I didn't want to get a, I, I felt guilty getting an applause for something so meaningful to me. And he reaffirmed that I should never think like that again. So although I was sharing all of these, these little insights into my mm. life, and all of this poetry when I got to Atlanta, so people understood like what my vulnerabilities are. Hey, you learn from my past. You know what I mean? When I saw him on that stage and he did the piece about his sister, I said, if this isn't the most beautiful tribute that he could have gave, I don't know what is. I don't know if the I don't know if the what's the judges were gonna receive it. I don't know if America was gonna adore it. And then he made it to the next round. And I hate people that are tone deaf to what's going on. Right. And that brother looked inside of himself and knew that he was in a very unique position to articulate a a precarious situation that we all find ourselves in. Right. We we, We love a system that doesn't give us the love back, yet we remain and we have to resolve all of these conflicting and complex emotions we have. So when he did the poem about how his mother interacts with him before he goes out and speaks on behalf of an entire community, the race of the decent man, I'm not just gonna say black and brown, I'm just gonna say the race of the decent man, because if you have a heart, 
you understood where that came from, right? Right, right. And then right at the apex, as a parent, how could he, even if he didn't win, how could he fail by giving his baby girl her flowers in front of the world, bro? Heavy. When I tell you, it's so crazy how me and him started politicking on IG. Mm-hmm. Two poets like, oh, I respect what you're doing. I respect what you're doing. Salute. Right. To then have him speak to three specific principles that my brand hmm. revolves around. Not just my brand, but my human revolves around. Right. I was like, nobody more deserving. Yeah. And, and for that, I salute him. Word up. Like Indeed. that, that, that took the uh, 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 recognition of the culture leap years forward. Right. And again, as a human, as a man, how can you not respect the science and the, and the strategy he applied? Like, right. And, and it was authentic. Again, right. that's what made it so beautiful. And I don't know when the last time you spoke to him, but bro, if you know what he's doing right now behind the scenes as as it relates to the poetry industry and and how he's galvanizing poets around the world and bringing them into the deals that he's yeah. negotiating. That's dope. That's dope. It's crazy. That's dope. It's yeah. crazy. There's a level of again when you take the charge as being of the talented tenth seriously, right? And you turn around and say, "Hey, I made this opportunity happen. Watch how much bigger we make this door. We're gonna turn this door into a hallway. Listen, for everybody else. Yeah." Most definitely, like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's sweet. Um, you know, we have Poet Life Academy, um, where we, similar to what you've been doing with the kids earlier this year, mm-hmm. and uh, we're in about twelve schools where we teach kids how to use poetry to express themselves and change change behavior and and and, and all of that, right? And um, um, I don't, I don't know what your schedule and your, you know, your, your, your life looks like right now, but, um, I got to open it, man. And, uh, once we get off this, I'm going to give you some details and, uh, would love to have you come on board, bro. Yeah. That'd be real though. That'd yeah. Real. yeah. You know, anything involving the kids. Yeah. I'm here for that. I'm here yeah. for that. If you yeah. ever want to be like a superstar, hmm. go to your kid's school. <laughs> I used to I used to substitute teach. Hey, you like walk through elementary school one day. You're gonna be the man. Like or, or go through a junior high school. Yo, I like your sneakers, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. Roll golf the kids, bro. Word up. They can tell they have they have a keen eye for authenticity. If you come in there faking, they can see it. But uh, if you come in there like you really care. They can see that too. Are you familiar with Atlanta? Not really, but I got a lot of fraternity brothers that live out there. Copy. So there's a community called Bankhead. Yeah. yeah. It's the hood. T I N M, right? 
Yeah, right. So right. I went to go speak at one of the high schools there. And this was my higher learning. My, right. you know, what was the what, dangerous minds experience? Right, right. And <laughs> I did talking to the kids, and I got my suit on. I'm suited and booted. I got my man bun, and they're like, yo, who is this? So I'm dying laughing because I'm like, I was you. like, So I'm not even going to get upset. And there's always one in class. You know there's always that one. Oh, I know. Yeah, he could use his powers for good or evil, and he chose yeah. evil today. So I leaned back, and I let him get a couple off, and then I roasted him. That's exactly I, what I do. Everybody <laughs> was like, oh, oh, he wasn't ready. Mr. Ray is, Mr. Mario is different. So I was like, now, if you want to have a conversation, we can get busy, or I could just drop balls on you. And then I started spitting. I, I was a superhero at this high school called Bishop McNamara High School, man. And I came in as a, as a substitute teacher. And you know, in high school, what we do to substitute teachers. I, I, I said, I said, I, I, I just walked in. I, I, I know this is the title. I'm a substitute teacher, but just for your sake, please, please don't treat me like a substitute teacher. I'm just for your sake. Yeah, yeah. All of y'all that liked Joan, and we say Joan, but you know the joke yeah, and throw stone. I, I'm just telling you, this, it wouldn't, it would, it just won't be, it won't be wise. I'm just letting you know. And then there's that one. <laughs> oh God! Did he slip? Yeah, it would. You know, I, I say I'm just letting you know before you. Throw that stone. I'm just letting you know. I I don't I don't jump into into joking sessions until there's an audience. I'm just letting you know. So there, there's there's an audience here. So I'm just letting you know, man. Just I, I, okay. Let's go. <laughs> and, and man, walking down the hallway, they were like, man, Mr. Jenkins, he he toasted uh, <laughs> and he was like the most popular one too. So it was it was. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, once you get past that, you get them on your side. Exactly. You got that one on your side. All hey, the hey, Mr. Mr. Changes. Hey, you know, hilarious, man. I'm here for that energy. You know, I'm not far from removed from being a child myself that I can't enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but look, once you got them on your side, now you can really talk to them. Very much so. Right. Once that barrier is broken, you can talk to them. I'm, so, all right. So now you're touching on a, a key element in performances. Ooh, go there. Go. So there's a uh, transaction that happens with the crowd when you do your introduction or your first couple bars of the poem that they now trust you right willing to listen to you you have to gain their favor in order to proceed with anything further i.e it's just like being in a relationship she has to see that you about what you're talking before she's going to trust you to, Hmm. to, to, to be responsible for her love right right and when you have that, when you, when you go on stage, and if you're there just for the applause, if you're there just to uh, for any vain reason, 
they're not going to receive it and they're not going to listen to a thing you got to say. Right. Then you get when you get off stage. Right. Yeah. Hi. And they hit you with the what up. Right. And then you check them like, hey, yo, where is born? Like, I said hi. Right. I'm here for you. I want you to be here for me. Like, who, like, this is, you got to add sincerity to everything. Right. And once you get over that wall and they're locked in, they're giving you a small window of opportunity. Right. To uh, capitalize on it. So in the first two to four bars of your poem, if you don't got something in there that screams, I'm valuable, listen further, expect to be disrespected and have them have a full conversation while you out there performing. Hmm. Those, those first bars are important. Right. Or even that silence or even that, Mm-hmm. When you walk up there and 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 like I think you said earlier, you know, that that dramatic pause, because you can even have the dramatic pause before you even like you said, um um red red was it red storm? Yeah. yeah, right? Like he he can he'll stare at you and you know the poem already started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they're like, oh, and you got him right there. Yeah, but there's, like, I'm telling you, I've seen people go up there with that confidence, with right. the pauses. Right, and, right. You know, everything about their their bag and their, 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 their energy, you thought you were about to be in for the one. Oh, God. <laughs> and then they start going in. <laughs> And it's one fish, two fish, red fish, two fish. <laughs> or it's, oh. it's very like again, you know those uh, poems, oh, right? With right. the girl, right? Or, you know what I mean? Or or just you're so if your arrogance doesn't match your caliber of talent, mm. yeah, yeah, you're done for. And then the reality is, if you if you're actually that talented, it's not arrogant; it's confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You be able to understand how to balance those two. You know, every poem better sock you in your mouth off the first couple bars. Like Nas taught me that when he said, mm-hmm. "Through the lights, cameras, and action, glad and glitter and gold, I unfold the scroll. Planes be to stampede the globe." Inspector Deck taught me that when he said, I bomb atomically, Socrates, philosophies, and hypotheses. You know what I mean? Nature. When he came in on Band from TV. You know what I'm saying? Like those, they set the tone. You got to set the tone off break. And then once you do, they'll trust you. So when you get to that last bar, they're still sitting there wondering what just happened. How am I, how do I automatically, how am I wiser and I didn't read a book? Mm. How do I do better and I didn't do anything except sit and listen? I want to go home and hug my kid harder. Wow. I want to go home and call my parents and thank them. I want to look my woman in the eye, tell her, and then show her how much I love her. Mm. 
You got to evoke that emotion. And the only way you could ever evoke it is if they trust you. That's that's strong, bro. That's strong, man. Um, where'd that come from? Like, where where um where'd you get this insight as it relates to your poetry? Did, did you always have it? A lot of failure. Mm. A lot of being the people that I I wouldn't say I criticize, but the people that I reference now. I see. Either I watched them and said, I don't want to be like that, or I were I was them and decided I no longer wanted to be that. I see. Um my father made me read a lot. I got my mother's heart. She's a very she's a very sweet person. Mm-hmm. A large family that requires you to know who you are and right. your role. And you have to fight for that. Um, and getting beaten up, bro. Getting mm-hmm. You know, life will beat you up. You don't you don't need a human to do it. Life will take care of that for you. Right. Right. And it helps you uh, realign your priorities and care. To receive the, the guidance, the direction, read the books, study the greats. And then. All of that jumbo will create your character. Mm-hmm. What do you choose? Just like we were talking about with the kids. What do you choose to do with your superpower? Right. What do you choose to do with your success? What do you choose to do with your insight? If you're, I remember my niece, one of my little cousins told me one time, she said, Anthony, why'd you leave us? This is why when I joined the Air Force. Mm. I didn't leave you, baby. Like I had to, if I would have stayed here, I wouldn't have anything, any insight to offer you, any guidance. I wouldn't be able to take you shopping like I am right now. And she goes, but what's the use of all of this wisdom if you're not here to share it with us? We're here every day in the Bronx, in the gutter, surrounded by nothing but predators. And you're the one person that I know that could protect us but we only get blessed with you when you come home on leave every couple months. It's not enough. Mm. So I made, I, I hate to say it this way, but I made certain sacrifices and certain relationships to get big enough to now hopefully protect everybody. Mm. And then not for nothing as you get older you realize it's not your charge to take care of everybody you got to take care of yours right whereas i was trying to nurture every broken branch in my family tree i had to realize i started my own branch and that needs my complete attention right so so don't give a bunch of examples become an example basically i'm like 
you know, kids don't listen to what you say. They 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 model what you do. You know, and I was one of those very fortunate people that had nothing but guardian angels in his life. My sister being the number one, you know, she what it's been 14 years and people still come out and uh speak to me about the impact they made in her life. Like my boy Remy Adeliki right here. You might have heard of him. He uh is a Navy SEAL and does work for Hollywood. He came out with this book, Transformed, and in the first chapter, he's referencing how my sister snuck him into the Navy, which changed and saved his life. He just named his daughter a uh, hyphen of my sister and my niece's name as a uh, dedication to her because he didn't know she passed. He found me like out of nowhere. Yo, what's up? My name is blah, blah, blah. I'm in Hollywood. I'm like, what are you doing? Get off my phone. Then I realized it was sincere. And the day that I spoke to son, he pulled up to my house that day from LA. You understand what I'm saying? Like in Atlanta, that's the impact she had. So when people ask me about how I am now and why I move the way that I do, how do I think the way that I think, and you got this balance, like you're only as good, your wisdom's only as good as the person you gave it to. So mm. it's either going to die with you or it's going to live on forever in these vessels that you keep pouring into. I was not ready to receive it at a point, but thank God my sister and other people were like, no, you don't even recognize your potential yet. So I'm going to keep pouring into you until you have to realize it. And when you become what you're destined to do and you manifest your level of success and impact on the world, now I'm now I could go, I could sleep well. I could rest without feeling like I didn't do what I needed to do on this earth. Man, man. Um, I got to get that book. What's It's called Transform. Yeah, but before you buy that one, you got to buy a Son with No Fathers, a book with no offer. Oh, for sure. Most definitely. <laughs> no, no, really. No, for sure. Because I uh, just like, I yeah, yeah, pull that book up. Just like I... Um, invest in myself and just like what's that that's the cover yeah it's the book that's why i was saying like this this wasn't a uh uh designing adobe acrobat this is a hand painted painting from charlie palmer you know he, and he did and all of these pictures right here they litter they introduce each next chapter and then the workbook is right here and you know it comes together as the package and this is a uh guideline for modern day manhood and fatherhood that's clean it's it the way you have your brand set up the way my brand is set up um it is it it, it ties into your name right so it's not just poetry it's 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 art all together very much so like the Picasso part of it, I love it so much because Picasso being an abstract artist, you know, 
your brain could think in any capacity. So when I think about um, the way I want my art to look, the way I want to integrate graffiti into my restaurant, the way that I want to um, have the logo represent both fire and water, both sides of that, that's the uh, uh, dichotomy of a human. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and I know I'm going and going, but I, it, you, you got so much, man. And oh, I don't want to let you go, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, um, when you got your name, did you see all of this or did it start to come by pieces like it, like it did for me? Um, she called me Poppy Picasso. And I thought it was dope because I was like, yo, you got the nod to your culture being Puerto Rican. Poppy. You got your nod to you being an artist. Picasso. And what better artist to be compared to? So then I said, okay, I need a logo. I want a logo. Like when you think about Bad Boy, when you think about, you know, anything, Dipset, you think about uh, No Limit Soldiers, Death Row, you just think mm -hmm. of First thing you see is that logo. Rockefeller, yeah. I started uh, freestyling a, logo, a, a version of me. And when I was doing it, it was so funny because I was like, I was like exaggerating all of my facial features. And then I did half my hair like it was wild and half of it super wavy, mm. like clean. And then I found uh, a dude by the name of Lustra, amazing artist. I want to tell you, dope. Like one of those unsung heroes. You mm. got to check him out online. He got, I got so many shirts and face masks and everything from him. And every time I wear it out, I get stopped like, yo, what is that? Clean. That's what that, that's what that is, baby. It's clean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, so I did the joint, I did the, the freestyle with my hand, and then I showed it to him, and he was able to develop the actual logo. I'm gonna show it right. to you too. He developed the actual logo where I was like, okay, you figured it out. So this is the uh, picture that I did with my hand. Nice. So I did that, and I was like, okay. That looked like maybe like, you know, one of his like, pieces that have a lot of uh shapes so the right. first thing that luftra came back with was this mm. I, was, I was like son that's not that's not <laughs> so that's not it bro. <laughs> then he came back with this okay i said we getting there right and then he came back with this hmm the jackpot i said that's that's all i needed so all the, 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 the way the colors clash and they come in, I just love it because, you know, as always, that's how my brain works. It's not nothing, right? right? Yeah, Every, it's abstract. The jambalaya of different flavors, sounds, yeah. like, what's, it, what's, what's the term? A synesthet that could, like, taste the color and hear uh, a feeling. Mm. Like they 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 process things differently, and 
you know, I think anybody who feels that moment when they hear a change going to come by Sam Cooke and they are automatically transferred somewhere and the emotion starts getting boiling up inside of them. Mm-hmm. Different kind of feeling. Right. And I, I felt like that when she said the name. I felt like that when I first saw the logo. Right. And even when I wrote the poem about Poppy Picasso, it had to cover the vast range of of what I am here to represent. That's good. I'm, I'm gonna take you one last place, man. Um, your performance. You, you, and this is for me, I haven't seen you perform live or anything like that. Like we've never met in person, right? Um, but I have, seen some of your video clips on your Instagram page and you don't you don't just you don't recite poetry right you literally deliver it um but you also like act within yeah. it what's what's the piece where you were in the straight jacket oh the voices voices tell tell me tell me about that and what drew you to perform in that way um i wrote that poem in 2003 2004 um i was still in the military and i was drinking you know military dudes we drink a lot you know polishing off a bottle of 150 a night type drinking mhm and it was causing a lot of conflict and issues with in my relationship at the time and i always pride myself on being able to flex my discipline i believe it's a muscle and if you don't exercise that muscle you don't have it a lot of people say they can stop doing anything that they want they can't Mm -hmm. that being said um I wanted to stop drinking and then the voice hit me and was like, now I want a beer. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, like, this is real. So I started, so I wrote the piece about not just the addictions I find within myself and how, how it's a cycle. Cause you forgive yourself and then go right back to your own nonsense. But, I thought about how my grandfather shot my pops because of his addictions. I thought about how my grandmother and how my aunt used to make us play who could be the quietest because the the drug dealers was looking for them in their neighborhood while they were babysitting us. I thought Mm -hmm. about how my godfather, the biggest, most beautiful dude I ever met in my life, died super fragile because he had liver sclerosis from his alcohol addiction. All the thinking about how I only met one of my grandfathers one time. So these uh, addictions are pervasive in my family as well as my cultural identity, my, 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 my larger family of the hood. We all got the voices and 
when I saw when I when I was coming up with the idea for the video, I was just like, I want people to understand that, you know, a lot of times you could drive yourself crazy based on what, what there's a oh I saw this the other day. It said um personality traits gone misdiagnosed may look like a personality, may look like character. Um, misdiagnosed, like unresolved trauma may end up tradition. And all of these things that I do in my poetry, my goal is to put periods where you've been generational commas. Mm, mm. So now we got to end these. You know, I don't want my son to go around crying, but if he cries, cry, cry in front of me. I'll hold you. You good. Right. You 13. Like, my dad used to tell me men don't cry and then it'll suck me in my mouth if I ever did. Which mm-hmm. would me to want to cry more. But now I'm in this real awkward situation. I mean, I'm in this marriage with America again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just so I I I grew up in theater though. So mm. I grew up do performing stage plays and things of that nature, you know. Got it. Technicolor Dream Code, Godspell, we did mad joints. So when I'm on stage, my projection doesn't come from here. It comes from the center, like like almost like I'm a singer. Mm. When I'm interacting with the crowd, I want them to understand that that fifth wall is gone. It's not, you're not observing this. You are participating in this. Mm. So you'll see me give people pounds in the crowd, or I got this one joint. You know B Rock? No. B Rock, like, dude, amazing. I gotta put y'all on. He is he made an Instagram album. Real, real creative young kid. I'm not even say young kid. He's a grown ass man, but real creative dude. Just beautiful soul out of Baltimore, right? Lives out here. So. I was doing a joint at the gathering spot and this piece is called, I'm not your enemy. So the whole concept behind it is it's a man talking to other brothers like, yo, relax. I'm not your enemy. So all of that aggressive nature you got before you had breakfast, get out of here with it. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you. And then the second stanza is, a man talking to a woman to try to put, try to uh, 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 quell those uh, um, issues between and all the animosity between men and females. So the way it starts is, I'm giving a speech right before I performing, and he jumps up and he's like, "Yo, shut up! Nobody want to hear that." <sighs> and it looked like somebody's blacking out during my performance telling me to shut up, that they don't want to hear what I got to say. Mm. I'm like, hey, yo, who you talking to like that? So we come straight face to face. And right when you think it's about to get crazy, peace king, I'm not your enemy. There's too many forces working against our favor. The key to my success could be found in the house of my neighbor. I see as much God in you as the one that I pray to. So no, I'm not your enemy. 
Now I know your pain in verse makes you place blame on earth and the constraints placed upon your beautiful image only make the pain that you contain worse. But no, son, I'm not your enemy. I root for you, champion. Here and now, not in the land beyond. You are the pantheon, culmination of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the entire trinity. They wish you strength so you could carry their burdens. I wish you endurance just to make sure you could carry on your legacy. So next time you approach me, make sure you have that same energy. Because hmm. no, King, I'm not your enemy. So they realize after I start going into the poem, like I'm barking on him, like, oh, this was like a setup. But the funniest part is we did that once at Cat's Cafe. We did it again at the gathering spot. And my kids were there. <laughs> and my son was in boxing at the time. So when he saw the dude come up, he saw it about to get my son and his boy jump up like they was about to do something. <laughs> Wait, you ain't warning your kid. And, and he was like, yeah, I was about to run down on him, Dad. He wasn't ready. <laughs> Young soldiers, man. I was like, good job, son. I like that. <laughs> How you not warn your kids, man? It's funny. Like, I, I wasn't even <laughs> about it though you know what i mean i was just like yeah we're gonna do this set but um like wait till you see i'm gonna do i'm gonna film that in the um the, the the touch and the technique that i'm gonna add to that poem that's gonna be really uh a really powerful piece as well you know and like i just want to offer up a level of creativity that doesn't exist right now right and I, have the means to facilitate it and the more that i facilitate the more resources come to me because they realize i'm responsible with it right so whether it be the voices whether it be mr curry whether it be kingdom sun whether it be these different videos whether it be sex and art like when people start to see these things they're like oh he's not going to give me something the poem is just the first part of it Hmm. I'm more than just my face. I'm arms, I'm legs, I'm a torso, I'm feet, I'm a heart, I'm a soul. So when I write the poem, yeah, you might have the heart and soul there, but now let's walk with it. Let's do a video. Let's make sure we find a beat that doesn't have a baseline so I don't sound like I'm a rapper and I could just go in my pockets. Let there be a, a, a parable an overarching lesson in the video that doesn't smother you with trying to teach you the lesson, but it's there if you didn't extract it from the poem. You feel me? Like there's a level of social responsibility every time. Right. And there's a level of out of the box creativity. Yeah, it's it seems like you you make sure that there are layers within everything that you do. Like like the book with the workbook, but the workbook does more than just give you questions. It's almost like a curriculum. Very much so. And we're actually developing into a curriculum. Like, yo, the last thing I want to do is create something that is a coffee table book. Right. Right. No, this is a manual. 
If you're in the forest and you're lost, you take out your map. If you're in, if you're going through this maze of life and parenthood, and you're like, oh, how did Mario address homosexuality to his son? How do I want to bring that to my son? How do I want to introduce that dialogue? I remember he wrote about it in here. Let me take a look at this joint again. We're going to keep picking it back up. We're going we're gonna to highlight parts that's like, what Mr. Mario said right there was kind of dumb. Don't do that. And then <laughs> you're going to read other parts that you're going to be like, I think that would uh, resonate very well in my household. And then when you go through the workbook, not only is it asking questions for you, you get to use the experiences in here as the sounding board. So now you're not the bad guy when you talk to your child. You're not prying into their life. You're allowing them to make the comparisons on their own and give it up on their own time. Right. It's the psychology behind it. That's why I sat with the speech pathologist and a psychologist. Right. Make sure we were facilitating the communication in the healthiest manner possible. And and they put their stamp on 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 your book stamps certified like this was this was this project was eight years in total four years when i moved here to deliver like the workbook i sat there tirelessly with angela and, <laughs> and told you like yo they were sitting there like we got to figure out how we deliver what what framework do we want to use? Do we want to use Maslow's hierarchy of needs or do we want to use Pangean's uh, 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 behavioral theories? Which one would be the most easiest for people to digest and understand how to monitor? Should we have a matrix that lets you know what chapters and, and questions are uh, most conducive for your child in their developmental stages? You know, like all aspects, even the way the book is structured, it's broken down into the subject. So every subject, let's say it's race. So we have a dialogue between my son and I, as I remember it, the way we had about race, this subject. Then it's followed with a lesson that I was hoping to impart onto him. So now you can understand the logic of a man trying to raise his son responsibly. And then it's anchored with a poem that's my creative side, parsing out the situation and the how I wrestle with it. So no matter which, if you like uh, uh, dial, if you like narratives, there's a dialogue that you will enjoy in the book. If you like strategy and self-help, you'll love the lessons and how that works out in the book. If you enjoy poetry and creates creative writing, that's what the poetry is for in the book. And if you just like pictures, we got pictures in the book too. Bro, I can't take no more, man. <laughs> I, got, I got so many more questions, but we'd be on here for four hours, man. And, and we're going on two hours. Hey. Um, Everybody listening, everybody watching, everybody reading the blog, uh, go to this gentleman's website. It's on the screen, poppypicassopoetry.com, P-A-P-I-P-I-C-A-S-S-O, 
P-O-E-T-R-Y.com, Poppy Picasso Poetry.com. You heard where he got his name from. You heard how he tied his name and his brand together and everything that he's doing. It's, it's just absolutely amazing, man. And I can appreciate the intentionality. That's what I'm all about, man. You know, um, it, it's so important to not just throw it out there to the world and just hope it sticks to something, you know, and you can tell, I can tell that um, Mario, his is, is intentional uh, and purposeful in everything that he does, man. Just, just take a look at his background. Um, Take a look at his shirt that he has on with the logo, like, you know, that's that's what I'm talking about. And that's what this podcast is about, to level up in everything that you do in regards to the poetry industry and the poetry community. Um, if you choose to keep it on that level and and trust me, uh, we are not downplaying the poetry community uh, at all, at all. Um, um, we appreciate it. That's where we come from. Uh, but at the same time, we want to make sure that uh, the same love rap gets because rap was the poetry, I'm sorry, was the rap community, right? When it first started, but now there is the rap industry and there's billions and trillions of dollars to be made. And we're just saying we can do the same thing, right? Um, so listen, it's the, it's the Poet Life Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Bobby Picasso, if you could leave something for the people, man, what would you say? Masculinity isn't a dirty word. Redefine manhood. Wow. Wow. Listen, man, we're going to talk after this real quick um, about the Poet, uh, the Poet Life Academy and, and the teaching of the kids and how to express themselves using poetry. Everybody, man, check out everything that we have going on. It's about to be 2021. It's, that means season three for the Poet Life podcast. Every six months is a new season. So truly excited about it. Well, one, inviting me. Two, for the service you're providing for the poetry community. Sure. Uh, there's not many people that deliver the level of insight and quality content that you have. So I want to make sure you recognize the very crucial role you play and how grateful we are to have you, my brother. I appreciate you, sir. Look, man, and that was a perfect ending. It's the Poet Life Podcast. Everybody have a good night. Happy New Year. Peace, peace. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way, find a way.